This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit, money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit, money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. Money Pit is brought to you by Glisten and Quick Creek. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we are here for you to help you with your home improvement projects, to solve your do-it-yourself dilemmas. If you're trying to tackle a job around the house, something that's going to make your home more energy efficient, nicer to look at, more comfortable, give us a call right now at 888-MONEY-PIT because you don't have to do it yourself. We can help. 1-888-666-3974. Coming up on this hour of the program, don't you hate it when you are smack dab in the middle of a project and you reach a hurdle? Well, that's when you call us. We know. But if you hit a home improvement snag or you need product specs on the spot, there's an app for that. We're going to teach you about a new website and mobile app that can help you with those answers on the spot. And the most active part of hurricane season is upon us, and no one's more vulnerable than seniors, especially if they live alone. We're going to get you some tips to keep senior citizens in your life safe from weather emergencies in a few easy steps when this old house host, Kevin O'Connor, stops by. And you think that you're just about done with outdoor home improvement projects? Well, not yet. There are a few things that you need to do now while the weather's still warm enough to avoid bigger and colder headaches in the dead of winter. We'll tell you what you need to know in just a bit. And you know that horrible odor coming from your garbage disposer? Well, one lucky caller never has to fight it or smell it again. We're giving away a Glisten Family of Cleaners prize pack, including Glisten Disposer Care. It's going to get rid of garbage disposer grunge, buildup germs, and that funky smell. It's a prize worth $50, so call us right now for your chance to win at 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Valerie in Washington is on the line and has a question about outdoor decor. What's going on? I have a a simple railing on my front porch, and it's cedar. Part of it's stained uh, to keep uh, it from deteriorating, so it's orange-colored, and the rest is just naturally aged cedar silvery. And I want it to be white to match the rest of my trim. So there's two different colors, and do I do an undercoat, a primer, and is it oil-based? And can I get a stain, a pure white stain for it? So you probably can. Well, what I would suggest is a, is a two-fold a- approach. I would prime it first, and then I would use a solid color stain, because I think that will give you the sort of more natural look that you seem to be looking for. But you should prime it and then apply the solid color stain. Now, because this is uh, off-color orange, as you describe it, if you don't prime it, you may get some of that that comes through. That's why I want you to prime it first. You'd use an exterior grade primer and you'd use a solid color stain. If you buy both the primer and the stain from the same manufacturer, you can be sure that they'll work well together. Okay, does it matter if it's oil-based or not? I would probably recommend an oil-based primer only because you're going to get better coverage over that darker color. 
But in terms of the stain itself, that could be latex-based. Oh, okay, then. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it, and I enjoy your program. Well, thank you very much. 888-666-3974. All right, now it's time to chat with a pro out of Iowa. We've got Ed on the line who wants to, you know, get some information to (laughs) put some issues to rest. What's going on, Ed? I've got a homeowner in the Omaha area that is uh, doing an extensive remodel. We've removed an awful lot of walls in the home, and uh, obviously there's a lot of new sheetrock and texturing taking place. Typically, when I do a job like this, obviously, you know, you're plasticking off various rooms to keep dust under control, but uh, you know how dust can move around regardless of how you try and capture Mm -hmm. blankets and so forth. Um, the this particular issue, I've asked the homeowner to regularly check and change their furnace filter. Okay. And when she changed the filter, unfortunately, I saw one of the cheapest, uh, those blue fiberglass filters that you have. Right, yeah, we call them rock stoppers. That's about it. They'll, they'll stop <laughs> a stock and not, and not much more. Okay, now, unfortunately, the response I got from this gal was not what I normally get, and and here's the deal, Tom. Her brother is a salesman for heating and air conditioning equipment in the Omaha market. Okay. And he, he tells her, Lori, do not buy an expensive filter. Buy the cheapest filter that you can buy because the new highly rated efficiency furnace filters that have the MERV rating 10, 12, 14, and up, they create so much resistance for the blower motor on the furnace, you will shorten the life of your blower motor significantly. Therefore, I recommend not using those filters. I've never heard that. And I told her, Lori, I've never heard that in my life. So here's what I would tell Lori. I would say, Lori, you either put in a high-efficiency filter or you become a high-efficiency filter. (laughs) Do you want the dust stopped at the filter itself or do you want the dust stopped in your lungs? Because that's exactly what's going to happen. And beyond that, whenever you're doing a project that's generating this level of dust, this is the rare circumstance when I will recommend a duct cleaning when the project is done. But you're wise to try to limit the the dust up until that happens. But look, if she's got a family member that's planting this in her brain, you've given her your best advice. I mean, you just you just got to walk away. I wouldn't okay. uh, I wouldn't get between her and her brother, but I think that uh, you're correct. I think she is incorrect. I've never ever um, seen any data whatsoever that said that high efficiency uh, filters uh, cause shortened blower lives. And I'm sure I would have heard of this by now, considering for how long we've been talking about these and studying them. You know. Uh, if she doesn't, if she doesn't put a good filter in, what's going to happen in this case? And if she doesn't clean it, if she's got a central air conditioning system, that evaporator coil where all the air is being pulled through is going to get caked solid with all that dust, and then she's going to have a very short life for her air conditioning compressor, which isn't terrible news because let's face it, she does have a brother in the business who can buy her a new one. <laughs> yeah, I, and that and that's what I would call poetic justice. <laughs> I very well said, and I just wanted comfort in knowing that in all the years I've been uh, encouraging people to use high-efficiency filters and going forward, am I giving, as a contractor, good advice, or am I not? No, I think you're giving excellent advice. Keep it up. Don't let one bad experience dissuade you. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Leslie. All right, good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. 
You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, next week is fall. It's officially my favorite time of year and, of course, the busiest home improvement season. Mother Nature certainly decides that you've got a lot of projects to handle, and we here at the Money Pit can lend a hand. Give us a call 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Hey, do you have home improvement questions and need answers like instantly? Well, there's an app for that. We'll tell you what it is next. You live in a Money Pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get socked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's AirDoctorPro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T, MONEYPIT. The Money Pit is presented by Pavestone's easy-to-stack Rumblestone Rustic Building Blocks. 
create any outdoor hardscape you can imagine to instantly add old world charm. Available at the Home Depot. For more information and product instructions, visit pavestone.com. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, you can throw all the lemon you want into your garbage disposer, but sometimes that repulsive smell just is not going to go away. Yeah, well, today's lucky winner has odor relief on the way. We're giving away a $50 Glisten prize pack chock full of cleaning products, including Glisten Disposer Care. Now, it's going to clean your garbage disposer and take all of those awful smells with it. Glisten, the machine cleaning experts. Find out for yourself at glistencleaners.com and pick up the phone and call us right now at one eight 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 money pit for the answer to your home improvement question a better smelling garbage disposer and your chance to win one eight 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 money pit tom in new jersey you've got the money pit how can we help you we have a problem here uh we have double pane windows and the seal broke in one of them and i was wondering if i could repair it myself by using clear cork around the entire perimeter when the window becomes clear, as it sometimes does. If that does not work, would I make it difficult for a professional to replace the window, the entire window, by doing what a, you know, a caulking job? So what's happening here is you have a thermal pane window, and the seal, which is called swiggle, uh, deteriorated and let moisture in, and that's why you have the fogging. And the reason that sometimes it fogs and sometimes it's clear is because it really depends on what the temperature is inside and outside and uh, whether it's got condensation there or not. Uh, it can't be repaired, as you've described. You know, Could you try to seal that when it happens to be clear? Would that have maybe some minor effect? It could, but I just don't think you're going to stop it, and I wouldn't even bother trying with it. Your choices are to either live with it, because the good news is that while it's unattractive, it doesn't significantly impact its energy efficiency. Um, or you could replace the window or just the glass itself. But I think if you were to order new glass for that window, you may find it to be almost as expensive as doing the window itself. So I would probably tell you just to live with it or replace the window. But uh, to try to, to caulk it, I don't think it's going to have any impact whatsoever. Actually, that's a great idea, though. No one's ever asked me that question. So kudos for the effort. 888-666-3974. All right. Now we've got Diane in Illinois who needs some extra storage space at her money pit. How can we help you today? Well, I have a deck off of our master bedroom, and it's a 12 by 12 deck, and I want to turn it into a walk-in closet, and I want to bring my washer and dryer from the basement upstairs and put it into that closet. Well, this sounds like a good project, Diane, but I have to tell you that generally when people try to convert a deck into a finished room, I've seen it done many, many times, especially in the 20 years I spent as a professional home inspector, it just doesn't work for a lot of reasons. Now, I, I can understand that you want it to you know, flow nicely into the house and all of that, but you're really talking about an addition here. And if you're going to build an addition, you typically we're going to build it different than a deck. What I would recommend is that even though this is a small project, it's a complicated project because not only do you want a closet, you also want laundry there. I think this is a great opportunity for you to consult with an architect because you have a lot to do to get this done correctly, and you also don't want to make it look like it's sort of slapped on the outside of your house because it's going to detract from your home value. But every single time I've seen somebody try to take a deck and convert it into leading, living space, it's never worked out too well. It might be that you can preserve some of the framing and maybe incorporate it in there, but it's 
going to now be living space. It's going to have to be heated. It's going to have to be cooled. It's going to have to have wiring. It's going to have to have plumbing. You know, it's a it's an addition. It's no longer going to be in a deck. So while that space might fit well for it, you know, starting with the existing deck doesn't always make the most sense. Okay. Okay. So what would we would have to just tear that deck down and start over, or you may, but that's why I say let's not speculate on this and let's not make a wrong step. This is a type of project where you are well um, advised to hire an architect. It's not going to be an expensive uh, consulting fee because it's a small project. But it's really smart to do that in this situation because you'll find out what you can save and what you have to tear down. You won't make a costly mistake. Okay. I didn't want anything falling off the house and tearing a roof apart, and I didn't want to have to do all of that. So I appreciate your advice. Well, the goal is not to have to reach out for home improvement help when you're covered in sawdust and wearing protective gear. But as any do-it-yourselfer knows, that is exactly when you often need it most. Well, now there's a website and app that's going to save you aggravation and time by bringing the answers right to your fingertips. QuickCrete.com features a comprehensive set of tools for DIYers and contractors alike, from its A to Z product search and how-to videos, right down to product selection guides. Or if you're standing at the hardware store and you're not sure how much product you need, you can let the QuickCrete smartphone app's quantity calculator figure it out for you. And its built-in product scanner even lets you scan and access more information. Head to QuickCrete's website for the app and more online at QuickCrete.com. That's Q-U-I-K-R-E-T-E dot com. Peter in Alaska, you've got the money pit. How can we help you? Well, I'm having trouble with my soil stack on my house, the vent, the main vent going out. In the wintertime, it freezes solid, and I don't know what to do about it. Let's see. Tell me about the structure of your house. So the soil vent goes from your bathroom up through your attic into uh, through the roof and out? Correct. And it's a two-story house. It's very well insulated. I have uh, R32 walls and R83 ceiling. And uh, I have double walls in my house. And uh, the, the attic is vented along the ridge, and it also has gable vents. The uh, and, and is it freezing over it across the top of the vent? No, it, it's down a little bit. And my vent is up high. I got it about four feet down from the peak of the roof, and it stands about four foot up from the roof. I wonder if you were to insulate that soil pipe, whether it would be warm enough to prevent... Uh, the freezing from forming down deep in it. If you were to insulate it right up to the point where it exits the roof. I thought about that. I did that for our vent that's over the stove because I thought of the heat going up through there might condensate with the cold metal. So I did insulate that. So I was thinking maybe that would work. I don't know. Yeah, I would, I, you know, that's a really easy thing to do. I, I would definitely think about giving that a shot because, you know, the the moisture that's getting out there is, is uh, you know, obviously a lot of water vapor. And if we can keep that pipe from freezing, the less chance you're going to have to get that ice build up. And then probably what happens is you get gurgly pipes because you're not getting any air out of it. Things don't flush right and all that. Exactly. Yeah, we're concerned about it. And, and everything's heated. You know, our toilets are heat, hot water. I would try that. I would insulate it. It's a very easy thing to do, and you've already got a terrifically insulated house, so why not just extend it up the other side of the roof? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. I'll try that. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Jeanette in Colorado's on the line and needs some help with a radiant heating question. What can we do for you? I would like to know if it would be good to do the radiant floor ourselves or to have someone else do it. Is it going to increase my electric bill 
quite a bit, and if it is something I could do, what materials would be best to do? Wow, lots of questions. Yeah, we only said one question, lady. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the, the bathroom is the only room in the house that you want to have a warm floor? Well, for starters, we would like to do it in the kitchen also, uh, but we thought we'd start with the small project as the bathroom. And what kind of a house do you have? Is it a ranch Colonial? What are we talking about? No, it's more of a ranch. It has, a, um, you know, it, the bottom is not sitting completely on the ground because it's lots of rocks and stuff in the mountains there. So it does have crawl spaces underneath. It does? Yes, it does have crawl spaces where you, you know, we have sunk punks in there to help anything that might cause that. So you can crawl under the house, but it's not very much room. Okay, and, and how is it heated? Is it hot water or a hot air system? Hot air, but we mostly use pellet stoves. So it sounds to me like you're going to be limited to uh, an electric radiant heating system. There are different types of heating um, underlayments, so to speak, that you would put on a bathroom floor and you would tile on top of. Now, is it expensive? Yes, it's electric heat. It's expensive to purchase and install. It's expensive to run. It's not a way to save money on your heating bill. There's nothing cost effective about electric heat. It's very pleasant and nice to have that warm floor, but it is an expensive project and it's expensive to run. That said, if you put it on its own timer, so it's only on, say, in the morning or in the evenings for a limited period of time, you can manage that expense. Is it a do-it-yourself project? Yes, if you're pretty experienced, because the, the tile mats usually have to be ordered custom-made, and, you know, you, you have to make sure that they're installed properly because if you get that floor down and it doesn't work, you get a big problem. You end up having to tear it up. Frankly, my advice would be to not do it yourself because I would rather have a contractor do it that's worked with it time and time again. I'd hate to see the whole thing get together and you got a problem with it and you got to tear it all up and start again. So the the amount of the amount of of uh, additional expense for labor, I think, uh, would have sort of an insurance quality to it to make sure it comes out right. Well, thank you all for your advice, and I appreciate it. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Hey, we are all at risk when emergencies strike, but seniors who live alone, they face the most danger. We're going to help you create a weather emergency plan for the senior in your life when Kevin O'Connor from TV's This Old House stops by to tell us how after this. Hey, this is Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs, and I've just been told that Tom and Leslie might have a dirtier job than me. I find that hard to believe, but then I heard they work in a pit. That's a money pit, but still filthy. On the Money Pit Radio Show, pick up the telephone. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Money 
making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, a room is just a room until you add some amazing trim details, and they do more than just look great. Chair rails can protect from scuffs, and crown molding can make a low ceiling look fantastic, and the installation is actually easier than you think. We've got tips for installing chair rails and molding on our homepage right now at moneypit.com. Vinny in New Jersey is on the line with a flooring question. What can we do for you today? I want to install laminate flooring in my bedroom. Right now I have builder's carpet. And rather than removing the carpet, can I put the laminate flooring right over the carpet? Well, while it seems like it would be a good idea, it's definitely not. Um, <laughs> yeah, the issue is because a laminate flooring is a floating floor, it locks together and sort of floats in the you know perimeter of the space of your room. You know, it needs a solid foundation to sort of keep those joints together and to keep it standing up to the wear and tear of just, you know, furniture placement and usage of the space. So you really do want to take up that carpeting. You want to take up whatever underlayment they've used, and then you want to use the underlayment that the manufacturer of your laminate flooring specifies. So... You know, some of the laminates come with an underlayment attached already to the back. Some recommend, you know, a foam that sort of rolls out. It really varies, but it's super effective and you do need it. You know, a lot of the seams with the flooring are locked together. And if the underlayment of carpet, in this case, is soft as I'm sure it is, and you press down on that seam, it could pop open or it could break. It's just not designed to be supported by anything other than the underlayment sold by the manufacturer and spec'd out to go with that particular product. So the, the uh, underlayment sold by the manufacturer would be more firm? Yeah, it's usually like a, like a very thin foam, like maybe an eighth to a quarter of an inch um, stiff foam that comes in rolls and rolls out. Or like Leslie said, it could be attached uh, to the back of the laminate piece. But, and, and it would go right on the subfloor or on the slab. Okay. Thank you very much. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, more than 60 million families have members that include children, seniors, or someone who is disabled. And when weather-related emergencies strike, getting help to those families is crucial. But as we saw here on the East Coast during Hurricane Sandy, the most vulnerable are often the most difficult to reach. Well, that's right. We saw seniors get stuck in high-rise buildings in New York City and on the Jersey Shore. And many older residents had no way to leave their homes. So what can you do to make sure the families who need help most during a weather disaster are actually getting that help? Let's find out as we welcome Kevin O'Connor, the host of TV's This Old House. Welcome, Kevin. Hi, guys. Great to be here. Kevin, this is a problem that we see time and time again. It happened during Hurricane Katrina, as well as Hurricane Sandy. Why is it so often overlooked? Well, I think it's because people try to avoid the things that they don't want to do, and they're hoping that it's not going to affect them. But right. the reality is is that millions of Americans are going to be affected by a weather event at some point. They're going to occur, whether it's a tornado or a hurricane. Lots of us end up getting affected by these events at some point in our lives. Now, what should be included in your plan? Is it an escape route? Is it extra materials? Like, is there a checklist for this? There is a checklist. And what you really want to do is you want to start off thinking about what are you potentially going to be affected by? What are the threats in your area? Because they're different across the country. Are you subject to tornadoes or is it wildfires? Could it be flooding or hurricanes? Obviously, the threats along the coast are going to be different than the threats in, say, the middle of the country in Kansas where they're subjected to tornadoes. But the plan that you want, the checklist that you're talking about, Leslie, There are some great ones out there. And if you go to the FEMA website, well, you can actually download one of those plans and it'll give you that checklist. 
so that you can look at all the things that you should be thinking about. And that's at ready.gov, which has all of that sort of information on it. It's really a great resource. It is a great resource. You can look at it, download it, keep it with you, and refer back to it before the big event happens. Now, one of the things you probably should consider is where exactly you're going to go if you got to get out. I mean, chances are you are going to have to get out or someone you love is going to have mm-hmm. to get out. And as soon as you get out, you may have lack of access to communication. So you want to know that in advance. Pick a loved one's house. Pick a friend's house. Let your family members know that this is where we'll go if we're not going to be at home. This is how you'll reach me if you can't reach me through the usual sources. Yeah. And I think a lot of things that people tend to overlook is your pets, because if you have to sort of locate to a shelter for a temporary stay, some shelters don't allow animals. You've got to consider those things. When the hurricane comes to my house, my wife is packing up the dog before me. (laughs) There's no doubt about it. She is not leaving Trapper behind. So yes, absolutely. Pets are part of our families. They're going to probably come with us. How are we going to care for them? Where are they going to go in one of those emergencies? Mm -hmm. And part of getting out also is making sure you have those essential things, which in your wife's case is the dog. But (laughs) it could be medicine, eyeglasses, things that you don't think about. Well, prescriptions are very important. Obviously, documents that are very important, social security numbers for your kids. I don't have those memorized. Insurance documents, the types of things that you might need if you have to file a claim when you're not at the house. You may not have access to them. Bring them with you if you can. Yeah, and I think you really need to build a good support network because say you're all alone in an area without family members nearby, you've got to make plans of where to go. So you better start making friends. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> talk about it with your friends. Think about family members that are close. But then, as you say, if they're not close, you have to rely on friends. Think about people around the church that you might be involved with or other groups that you might be involved with. All of these people are going to be the folks who you might have to rely on. So you should be talking about it with them, thinking about who are you going to call, who are you going to contact, and also think about who are you going to check on. Um, Mm -hmm. You might be the able-bodied person in the neighborhood, but there might be elderly people on your street. Think about, should I go down and knock on their door, see if they're okay, if they're prepared? And if the disaster does hit, how are you going to contact them and make sure that they've got access to either communication, or the things that they're going to need. It's like we say in construction, plan your work and work your plan, right? (laughs) Plan your work and work your plan. You know, the other things to think about too is in an emergency, communications may go down or they're going to be stressed. And so making a phone call may not be possible. Mm. So texting is a great idea. It's a lot easier for a text to get through. And I know, you know, my parents prefer to call me. I prefer to text my wife, but get them prepared to say, hey, dad, listen, this is how you text. This is what we're going to need to do. Get them familiar with it beforehand. Hey, that's great advice. Kevin O'Connor from TV's This Old House. Thank you so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Pleasure, guys. All right, catch the current season of This Old House and ask This Old House on PBS. For local listings and step-by-step videos of many common home improvement projects, visit thisoldhouse.com. And This Old House is brought to you on PBS by Lumber Liquidators. Hardwood floors for less. Up next, home emergencies are enough of a hassle when the weather is warm. We've got tips you can take right now while it's still pretty nice outside. They'll have you avoiding those home headaches when it gets pretty cold out when we come back. You live in a body pit. Body pit. 
Where home solutions live, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, they're supposed to make life easier, but dishwashers and garbage disposers can become another headache when they start to smell. That's why today's prize puts a stop to all of those odors. We are giving away a $50 prize pack of Glisten cleaning products, including Glisten Disposer Care. It's going to thoroughly clean every single gross, grimy part of your garbage disposer and take all of those germs and yucky smells with it. Learn more about Glisten, the machine cleaning experts at glistencleaners.com and call us right now for home improvement help and your chance to win at 1-888-MONEYPIT. All right, now we've got Michelle in Iowa on the line who's looking to spend some more time outdoors with a fire pit. How can we help with that project? Well, we started making an outside fire pit with um, field stone and our mortar that we seem to be using, it just seems like it's awful dry and it, it's like it's cracking. So didn't know if you had a, a different brand that you thought would work or any suggestions. Uh, well, one tip is that if it's a really warm, dry day when you're working, you might want to consider putting some plastic over the areas that you're working on to slow the evaporation rate. Because if it dries really quickly, sometimes it can shrink and crack. And no certain brand of mortar you think would work best, just what the stores recommend for outside fireplaces? Well, I mean, Quickcrete works extremely well. So you could look to the Quickcrete brand. And one of the advantages of Quickcrete is they've also got lots and lots and lots of videos online that give you the step-by-step on how to properly mix the product, for example, in this case. Okay. Thank you. Well, temperatures might be nice right now, but in a few months, the last thing you're going to want to do is bundle up, head outdoors, and deal with a home improvement problem in the dead of winter. Why not tackle a few easy projects today that could save you those hours outside when the big chill hits? Water leak emergencies are common when it's cold, so now is the time to locate and label important water valves, including the main water valve, the water heater valve, hose, and ice maker valves. Now, knowing where they are and what they do is going to spare you major damage and hassle if cold weather strikes. And after the first big fall rainstorm this fall, grab a flashlight, head into your attic, and inspect areas around chimneys and plumbing vents for leaks. Then pick up your binoculars and inspect the same spots from the outside, scanning also for missing shingles and loose flashing that might need to be replaced. And steadying a handrail today could mean avoiding an emergency this winter. Make sure that all inside and outside handrails are secure and repair loose railings, posts, and spindles. They need to be extra sturdy when the conditions get icy. And caulking your chimney crown can protect against water, which is extra risky over winter, when it can cause chimney bricks and structure to freeze, break, and even fall fall right to the ground. All right, now we've got Deb in Missouri on the line who needs help with a flooring question. How can we help you? Yes, um, well, we've replaced our flooring, but we destroyed most of the molding trying to get it off the, okay. along the, the mop board. And uh, we're wondering what's the best way to put new on, what would be the best to use. Uh, the walls are all plaster. It looked like the nails had been set before the plaster was dried because we had to cut them off. And so how high up the walls did the molding go? Because usually with plaster walls, the molding is a lot taller than a standard three-and-a-half-inch base molding. It's three-and-a-half inches. It is three-and-a-half inches? Yes, but we could go a wee bit higher and still look nice. Right. Okay. Do you want the molding to be painted or natural? Well, I don't think we'll ever match the doors. It's all wood. And I don't think we've ever matched that. Okay, so do you want the molding to be painted then? Yes, we'll probably go painted, yes. But 
adhering it to the walls, it's going to be a, a, a real pain because of that plaster. Mm, yeah. Well, you're going to do it with a, with a combination of trim screws and uh, liquid nails. So you're not going to nail it, okay? Uh, what you're going to do is uh, probably the least expensive thing to buy is something called finger joint uh, colonial baseboard molding. It's a very uh, you know straightforward molding with a little bit of a, of a fluted edge on top. It looks nice. Looks finished. Uh, is it? Does the thickness matter? Does it have to be uh, a certain thickness to cover a gap between the wall and the floor? At least a quarter inch, yes. Quarter inch, okay. So all you're going to need is the molding then. Because you could put the molding and then shoe molding over that, which would extend it out to almost an inch. But uh, no, you're going to buy finger joint baseboard molding. Finger joint means it's ready for paint. Now, before you apply it to the walls, I would prime it. So it's a lot easier to paint this molding. In fact, I would prime it and I'd put one finished coat of paint on it. Because it's a lot easier to paint it when it's up on some sawhorses than when it's attached to your house. And then when it comes to installation, you're going to, and you know what, you might want to get a carpenter that knows how to do this because, frankly, it's just a lot easier if you know how to, uh, to make a corner joint, which is called a coped joint, and you do it with a coping saw. But the way you attach it is with, after it's all cut to fit, you apply some liquid nails to the back of the molding, and then you put in only as, as many trim screws. And trim screws are kind of like drywall screws, except they have a really tiny head like a finish nail. But you only put enough of those in to hold it while it's drying. So you're not going to have nearly as many trim screws as you will nails. And it'll be really solid. And the last thing you do is fill those holes and you put one finished coat of paint on when, and then you're completely done. So by putting the paint on ahead of time, you're halfway there. All you do is touch it up, fill the holes, one more coat of paint, you're good to go. Okay? Awesome. Thank you so very much. Deb, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Coming up, you know, there are plenty of products claiming to keep your heating costs down, but not all of them are created equal. We're going to share some tips to separate insulation fact from fiction when the Money Pit returns after this. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. The Money Pit is brought to you by Glisten. Glisten makes it easy to clean, freshen, and maintain your dishwasher, disposer, microwave, and washing machine. So improve the performance of your appliances with cleaning solutions from Glisten, the machine cleaning experts. Visit glistencleaners.com. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Thank you so much for being a part of our program today. We are here to help you 24-7 at 1-888-MONEYPIT. And hey, if your kitchen oven is not working properly in your house... 
That can happen more frequently in the colder months. Don't lose it when you need it most. We've got some easy maintenance tips that can add some efficiency and even years to that appliance on our website right now at moneypit.com. All right, and while you're on our awesome website, make sure you post your questions or even brag about whatever projects you are working on and post some pictures. We'd love to see it and, of course, then offer our unsolicited advice as we often like to do. But seriously, if you've got a question, we've got answers. And here's a question from Todd who writes, what are your thoughts on insulating paint additive? I hear it can improve the heating and cooling of your home if you paint it onto your walls and ceiling and inside your attic because the paint additive contains ceramic microspheres that have reflective properties. It's a NASA spinoff, according to what I've read. Any truth to this? The concept of insulating paint, Todd, though, has been around for probably at least a decade that I can remember. Um, but I don't think I've ever seen any convincing data that it actually works as promised. It's certainly not widespread. I mean, sure, ceramics are a great insulator for rockets, but that doesn't mean it's going to work well for walls and ceilings. I mean, whenever I hear stories like this, and it's sort of on the periphery of you know, some products that's been touted as being energy efficient, can help save you money, whatever, but it's not like sort of an over-the-counter product, I always say to go back and check the basics first. So in your case, I would take a look at your insulation. I'd be willing to bet you that if you went up in your attic right now, you probably don't have enough. And before you start thinking about some of these crazy products like insulating paint, I would check to make sure I've got insulation in my attic, insulation in my basement or crawl space, at the box beam. All the basic areas are well covered. And if you get the rest of the house perfect, then you can start thinking about these other uh, other areas and, and maybe trying out one of those products on a very limited basis and seeing how it goes. Yeah, plus I imagine those cans of paint have to be like super duper duper heavy with all of that insulative property stuff that's in it. <laughs> all right, next up, we've got a post from Jordan who writes, we recently dug out an old garden patch that was up against our house. Just wondering what's the best type of fill to use to bring the soil level back up to the foundation. We have some mixed three-quarter minus, I don't know what that means, sand and soil left over from a patio project and wonder if that would do. We would, of course, grade it away from the house. That's like a mixed gravel type of a product. And I mean, the bottom line is that any type of clean, filled dirt, absent of any kind of organic matter like branches and leaves and grass, should work to bring that level back up. Um, it is, however, very important that you slope it properly, and it's always good to add an additional layer of topsoil on top of the clean, filled dirt if you want to add some grass, or you could also just add some mulch over it. Uh, the material that you talked about will probably be fine. Of course, you're not going to do it all with that, but you've got to tamp it down really well, pack it down there really well, and get that slope established. And while you're at it, take a look at your gutters and downspouts and make sure that they're extended away from the foundation as well. That proper water management at the foundation perimeter is what's going to really make the difference. Yeah, I mean, that really does make a huge difference. You'd be surprised how quickly water can move if you've got a blocked downspout or something's disconnected. Start there, and then you'll probably see a huge difference right away. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Hey, if you have home improvement questions, we've got home improvement answers 24-7 at moneypit.com. You can also post your question to our community section or head on over to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the Money Pit. We would love to talk with you. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone.
the money pit.